Storm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Good evening. Good evening. What are we doing today, Trevor, on this uh, lovely Bitstorm episode? I have a, a rejig of an idea. So this is this is <gasps> no. This is what second chance click pitch. Yeah, uh, from only a couple of, <laughs> only a couple of weeks ago. Um, it wasn't even a click pitch then. It wasn't even a click pitch then. It's still not a click pitch now. It's second chance pitch. Yeah. So I pitched a game a little while ago. It brought into our whole dad episode. We promised that we're not doing dad episode part two tonight. No. This is just I'm bringing back the idea with a little bit more openness mm-hmm. about it. I did have an idea sort of formed, and yeah, it kind of went off the rails a little bit. That's okay. The idea is simple. Uh, instead of it being an adventure game, it's a roguelike where it's in the in the mind of a child mm-hmm. of what his dad does while he's at school. Yes, he'll have like got to go pick up the groceries or got to got to go to work and you know file a report. But everything that he does is within like a dungeon with swords and shit and cutting down monsters. He'll have a time limit, though. And that time limit is when he has to go back and pick up his son. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like this idea of essentially this imaginative kid uh, at school for the day. It could even be- You could even split up the actual, like, levels of- With, like, a framing device of where the kid is. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of you don't have any character creation on the dad, but you do on the kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we extrapolate backwards to what the dad might look like. <laughs> and so that that could be a fun way to sort of uh, bring bring some personality to the kid, whether it's son or daughter or whatever. Like you could yeah. mix that up. Uh, but that, yes, it's always this dad who is off doing what would be mundane tasks. Yeah. So I was thinking um, the roguelike would be sort of Zelda-esque from a- from a top-down view, mm-hmm. but um, all sword and shield sort of stuff, uh, with maybe maybe like arrows and that sort of stuff. And but in that Zelda way of only being able to fire in the cardinal directions. Okay, but the but the um, the sword and shield is your main your main sort of so a little bit of Binding of Isaac sort of thing where, but more melee based, but more melee based, gotcha. like. Um, you'll have like pickups of um, arrows and that sort of stuff, or or maybe even but along limited. the lines of you know some sort of some sort of explosives that you can you can blow open mm. holes in the maze and that sort of stuff. But the idea being that it's more of a a melee based uh, Zelda esque um, maze crawler. So where I think some of the fun from this comes from, though is in the the mundane activities that we're doing. So, are the yeah. dungeons based around, like, is the dad going through the grocery store with- I think, I think shield, that could basically. be, that could be a fun level of, yeah. you're, you're going, you're going through, um, through the, uh, you know, fresh produce in the first room. So the, you got a couple of fresh produce things and you got a couple of tomatoes and, and other things coming to, to attack. And then yeah. you go into the next aisle and there's um, the next room and it's like the cereal aisle and there's like, you know, cereal boxes sort of coming out, coming out. And then um, when you get to the frozen section, that's like the ice physics and stuff of, you know. Like sliding, got- you've got sections that you like slip on and or like in that classic, uh, well, I'm trying to think of what it would be. But yes, that when you step on it, you keep going until you hit a patch of- in a wall, a bit that's not ice or whatever, so you yeah. really have to- uh, And that, that's where some of the maze strategic. physics and that sort of stuff mm. come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
I'm imagining, you know, cleaning the house and stuff like that. You're you're sort of like you've got a bedroom that you've got well, dust mites and stuff. I, coming I was going to say, I think you're fighting off dust bunnies and things yeah. that are literal bunnies, huge with huge teeth and claws. Yeah, and and the idea being, you just you kind of you take the mundane activity of having to vacuum the house, and it's like he's got to cut down the um cut down the dust bunny and then vacuum them up. Yeah. You know, that could be a, a fun thing of that particular level. And well, it's so like- how do we bring in? So I like. I, I wonder if then I'm picturing that each run starts with like the drive to school and. The dad is telling their child, like, what they're going to get up to that day mm. or the child's asking or whatever. And that's essentially going to set up your levels. Yeah. And, you know, in true roguelike fashion, they're randomized to a certain degree. So, um, you know, some of them might be, you know, today I'm going to do a real deep clean of the house and it's like a double sized level or whatever, or like, you, yep. you know, multiple levels of that dungeon or something. Um, and then I wonder if the sort of power or like the abilities and power ups you can get. If we're going in that classic roguelike thing of like essentially building up your, your abilities and things as you make your way through a run, mm-hmm. if that could be around the kid getting ideas or like getting, like thinking about, Oh, like right now dad said he'd be you know doing the groceries. You know, oh, I wonder if it wouldn't it be cool if he had the, like one of these abilities and then the player gets to choose one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, yeah, it's sort, it's sort of, it comes down to more sort of classic roguelike with like a, a kid style twist of, of the kid is the one who's sort of imagining all this stuff going down. Like mm. what, what is simply going down to the post office and dropping off a parcel becomes, becomes like epic an, an epic battle, battle yeah. against, you know, I know ninjas who have tried to take over, take over the, um, take over the post office and all that sort of stuff. So you actually, you're in the front office of the post, of the post office worker. And then you have to go into like the maze of, of all the, all the post like the packages and all the stuff. stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, you doing it in the kid's imagination gives you so much leeway to yeah. just make it. I mean, a little bit like, um, but I think if, if you uh, fail, if you fail a level. Like, it just means that that's what the dad actually says to the son at the end of the day. Like, fortunately, you know, I just, I ran out of time to get down to the grocery store today. Um, so unfortunately, well, so I couldn't get you the, the time- chocolate or something like well, that. Well, on today. the time limit thing, I was wondering, because that's an interesting thing, having the time limit of having to pick the kid up from school, because you could do a few different things with that. You could make it a hard limit. And obviously you just, you fail that run and you don't get as many rewards or whatever, Mm -hmm. or you could have, you could have it that you can go over, but that's going to affect the relationship with your child because they're now in after school care. Yeah. You're like late (laughs) picking up. They've now been waiting there at the front for half an hour, uh, wondering where you are. And or may, like maybe that you're in the dungeon and you start getting phone calls from the school or something, right? <laughs> that makes it harder to complete the level because you can't, you know, attack while you're on the phone or whatever. Uh, you could add some some interesting things in like that. And then I wonder if you, I mean, you could probably then give the choice of like, oh, it's getting to that time. I'm not going to fin- finish this dungeon in time. Just like back out of it because you don't want to get the penalties from. Uh, you know, hurting the relationship with your kid, whatever that may be in game plan terms. Uh, mm-hmm. But you obviously also don't finish the run. Yeah. Uh, what other mundane tasks can you think of that would be fun levels? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean you, you, you could just have cleaning out the basement and that leads into like a full on dungeon of, you know, uh, a goblin has stolen, stolen an item that he was looking for. And then you're going down into another dungeon and sort of 
Yeah, well, we Chasing could, we could also think stuff, about or- whatever this dad's job is. And, I mean, that could even come in as, like, almost a, a class factor or just another randomization sort of thing. Or maybe it can change at different points when you go through. Because I'm picturing that you probably, like, do we want runs to- because there's only so much you can fit into a single, like, a single day's run, right? So, like, some roguelikes will be around, they go on, you know, as long as as long as you can survive. Some roguelikes will be more around, you know, time limits or it gets harder as you go along. So, there's sort of a, a soft limit on the time. And then they just reset. Are you thinking that this essentially resets after every run or- I think- Is it about getting a streak of days where you- I think um, the run is over when the when the kid- Sort of no longer trust their trust their parent, right? And if if you turn up late on that first day and you you haven't passed anything, your run's kind of over. Like the next day, your kid has you know little to no trust in you, trust or imagination, and and that's the run over. But if but if you can inspire them, <laughs> so oh god, so it's about like how jaded your kid gets, and then their imagination goes because they're like, oh, well, dad doesn't care enough about me to pick me up on time so i'm i guess i'm becoming an adult (laughs) (laughs) Um, i'm not imagining things anymore it's one of those things that if you're doing really really well then you can go like i think the whole idea is you're trying to get to the seven days okay seven days there's sort of i think on each day you got two different two different levels so there's 14 levels in all and it's like weekends different uh yeah because it's maybe maybe the weekends are actually um, you've you pick got- them up from their mum's place because you're divorced. You're a divorced stay-at-home dad. <laughs> um, I don't know whether I like that. <laughs> I, I, what I'm actually thinking is, I mean, we said dad, but who's to say that you can't choose which parent it is who's going yeah, on these adventures? It's exactly. because it's it's not about dad energy this time. It's about yeah, parent um, energy. Yeah, parent the relationship between a parent and a and the child and the child yeah, and the child. And it's like these are the things that I've got to do today. These these are my checklist for the week. And you can sort of choose which ones you're going to do. But the further on in the week, the harder the levels become. Yeah. In that case, does the other potential parent play into it in any way? Yeah, because one one of the um one of the things is go into. Uh, go into spouse's office for lunch. Right. And that's one of the levels of making their way through the parking garage and- (laughs) Fighting off horrible, leering bosses. (laughs) And just- Or co-workers. Like, crazy crazy shit that you can- Yeah. Um, Okay, other one, like, maybe play dates with the younger children could be one. They have to take little Timmy on a play date. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're, you know, you're fighting off toddlers and. <laughs> well, I, what I was thinking toys, is then, soft toys. You know what? What if you know what if my little brother got kidnapped by an ogre? Right, and yeah. it's like, and then it's you know all about at the park. Mm. The kid has been kidnapped, and you're now going after the after the kid. That didn't actually happen. If you fail that, as like Timmy skinned his knee or something like that. Um, but if you if you passed, then you know Timmy's got an ice cream. Like right. Yeah. Or you know, Timmy's got a new hat. I do like the idea of the pe- of the of the drive home then with the parents sort of explaining the actual mundane versions of what you imagined. But yes, that they essentially line up with your passes and failures and and the general yeah. uh, Im- imaginative idea that you came up with for that level. That's cool. Um, but I think by not having it. By having each run, sort of like your your character's gonna uh, pick up different things from each from each sort of level, uh, like a new a new ability that almost in a in a back for blood 
sort of way that by choosing which level, you know which level has what item that you mm. you want to know which order you want to get them in. You know, <laughs> I want to have the frozen peas because, yeah. you know, I- I need that for the fire level, which is, I don't know, something to do with- Ducted heating? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ducted heating or cleaning out the basement or, or something like that. Like- Yeah. Uh, one of the levels has to be the DMV. Right. Yeah. Or Centrelink. Yeah. You know, some sort of government agency. Some sort of ga- government agency. Badly run government, um, government agency. Hospital can be can be one of the levels where you're just going in for a checkup and it's like, again, I think one of these things that sort of happens is you, you enter the building, you enter the elevator, and instead of going up, it goes down. And it's like, you know, you're going through the morgue and you've got like a zombie attack and all this sort of stuff. And it's all about getting yeah. out of that. So, what sort of graphical style are you thinking for this? Are you thinking that it gets really like weird and whimsical? In, like, maybe a sort of yeah. a psychonauts-ish sort of way or- a- Weird, whimsical. Um, have you seen, like, the uh, remake of Link's Awakening on Switch? Right. It sort of lo- almost looks like a, a little toy. Yeah. So, I like the idea that, you know, it's sort of like either either a toy-like or a plastic-like mm. sort of graphic. Um, I do like it being on the two like action figures. Yeah. 2D plane- because it's, you know, the typical Zelda thing, but it's it's got those 3D models sort of running around. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, there's something about that that just, to me, makes it kind of fun. And I'm just imagining running into, like, a morgue that has all these- or a hospital where, where all the beds are sort of able to be pushed around and that sort of stuff. Mm. You know, they're sort of reacting to physics. But you've also got zombies that you can sort of- Push so up as you said, the morgue. a morgue. I'm like, what errand are they running at the morgue? No, they went to the hospital to to right. get a test, and <laughs> right. it's like the kids just thinking that, oh, you know, dead people at the hospital, sick people at the hospital. They they've all come back to life or whatever. Or yeah, I, I like the idea of like a mini narration entering into each level where you know, and and I mean, obviously you'd have a limited number of these, but you could you could mix it up and have a few different things, like a few different scenari- scenarios for every location, basically. It's like, okay, if we're going to the hospital, it might be the zombie invasion. Uh, it might be, you know, that, um, I don't know, everyone's fallen asleep and their dreams have come to life. I don't know, like something. There, there are different, different, uh, yeah, different scenarios that each location can have, basically, to, to sort of mix that up a bit. And the kid can kind of narrate it as- I, I like the idea of almost a realistic graphical mode as the parent, like, goes into the elevator or whatever, and then the doors open and they come out and it's in, like, the action figure style for the actual, like, <laughs> gameplay. <laughs> yeah, like, minimal animation. Like, it's almost like they're doing bad stop motion of these action figures to- <laughs> <laughs> I really cool. like that. Yeah. Um, but what's got me excited about it is, like, you could have, you know, customized rooms for, for all these things, but then, mm. you know, randomly put them together and uh, kind of like Binding of Isaac that has those. Yeah. But not so random. Like. Yeah, you could do some directed um, procedural generation, essentially, where you, you want a hospital to, you know, have a lot of hallways or whatever with, with little rooms off them, and, but you want a grocery store to have aisles or, you know, that, that yeah. works a bit more like that. And the way I kind of see it is that, like, with the, with a grocery store, you'll ha- you'll kind of have, you know, the big the big fresh, fresh produce and stuff on one side, which is a massive room that yeah. then has hallways that run, like, the length and then the aisles are sort mm. of just- 
spread out, whether whether they're just long rooms or or whether the whole thing is just a big open open area. But mm. I don't know I kind of like the idea of it becomes rooms of like maybe you've asked someone to go out the back to get something for you and you have to follow them because they haven't come back and then yeah. all of a sudden you're going through you know the back of coals or or whatever. Well, and again in that sort of procedural way or where like a lot of those roguelikes will just have little mini events that may or may not happen. In any run, like you might see them one in a hundred runs or whatever. So it could be little things like that. It's like, oh, like in this run, I got that, you know, I caught a, a Coles employee and, and got to go out the back. And so it was sort of a whole separate section, um, with slightly different, you know, rooms or, or monster types or whatever and potentially different, uh, loot. Yep. That you may not have otherwise seen. Well, like things like Enter the Gungeon where, you know, you discover the little secrets where it's it's not just that it happens once in a hundred. It's like, oh, if I, you know, roll the water barrel into the fire is one of the ones in Enter the Gungeon. But, it, you know, if if I knock down all the cereal off the shelves, then the Coles employee comes out and I can, you know, if I've got the right sort of weapon, I can stun them and <laughs> whatever it is, like some combination of things that lets you essentially get into uh, an area that you other- that otherwise wouldn't be part of their run. Well, I'm thinking because it's sometimes so hard to actually track down an employee in one of those things, if you've got the boots kind of like in Zelda where you can run- like the Pegasus boots, <laughs> yeah. you can actually run and catch up to them and, and right. you know, basically yeah, well, if, they, if they get off the screen, they're, they're gone. Like, they just disappear. They could be going into a dead end and then you're like, <laughs> where are they? They're just like- gone. Yeah, no, I like that idea where you have to have- There are certain uh, attributes of different power-ups or different abilities that you may or may not have in this run, And but if you do, you can do something like catch up with the employee and get better loot or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I like- that's fun. It, it's actually got Parents a lot more gameplay than- Day-to-day dungeon. I don't know. Mundungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Mundungeon. Mundane dungeon. Mundungeon. I love it. Mundungeon it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into some click pitch. Uh, this is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three to one click, we will uh, get- a, an adjective and a noun each, and we'll throw them at each other, and uh, we'll get a, a new game design out of it. So, let's do it. Three, two, one, click. Assembled. Chase. Chase or chase? Chase. Chase, okay. Modest former. Ooh, okay. So, this puts me in the mind of a school, like a school athletics department or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like, maybe a school that has- uh, you know, particularly good runners, mm-hmm. sprinters, however that works. Now, what what age level? Because it's very different I if you're talking high about school, primary, high school, or college. Yeah, I was thinking high school. Mm-hmm. Singing high school, um, and maybe this is a game. Maybe this is one of those sort of games around. You never played Punch Club, did you? No. In that game, you had different ways of training to train your different skills up, and then you'd have to go and do fights. But the fights play themselves out automatically. You, but you, what you do essentially do is you've got a certain amount of slots for different abilities that you can use in the fight. You've got a certain amount of stamina during the fight. And so, depending on how much you've managed to train up and different abilities, you have different things. But then there's a whole bunch of story stuff going on at the same time. Like, in between the fights, you go and visit the grocery store and you talk to the person there or the pizza shop and you work with them. And then you can do- It's like all sorts of weird stuff where it's like, oh, if you get this certain type of pizza and go and deliver it, then literally a Teenage Mutant Ninja- 
crocodile come or alligator comes out and you end up fighting him in the sewers. Like weird stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that idea for that that day to day of you're at the school, you've got kind of school conversation-y stuff, relationship stuff going on, but with this really mechanically driven race running stuff that it plays itself based on how much time you've spent, you know, in different, in, in your training, you've got maybe a certain abilities that you've, that you choose to use one or the other. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you've chosen this one and you get a, 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 you know, boost of speed at the beginning or whatever it is. Um, and depending on who you're up against, and you have to like learn their abilities and stuff. It might be better or worse to take to use different particular skills in that race or whatever. Okay. And what do you think they're assembling? So assembling made me just think of an assembly at school. I think that's part of how I got to the school thing. Yeah. So maybe there are like regular assemblies where you know they announce how well all their races, all their runners are doing or whatever. And but you know if you've you know been and you know if you've been bullying someone or like story based stuff comes up as well, um, and so you mm-hmm. sort of get a summary of the week, um, that sort of thing. Okay, so what what sort of control do you have over these runners? So I think you, I think we do a bit of character creation. You're yep. just you've got you've you're just one person. Yep, one person. Okay, you're one runner. They've got a team of runners. Are they just called runners in a school. Like I feel like there's another word for it. Athletes. I mean, I guess athletes, but like. Anyway, long uh, distance runner. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I feel like this. Anyway, it's fine. Uh, and yeah, you. I think we have some specific characters though, who are some of the other runners, uh-huh. so that we can have you know your couple of friend, like people that you make friends with. I think like you're a new, you're a new kid at the school, and so you get introduced and you find yourself in you know these couple of friends, and and that becomes your sort of your new little group. Maybe one of them's a runner, one of them isn't, and so like. They're pulling you away from the running, you know, so, so every day you've essentially, and it, again, this is very much like the punch club thing. You've got a certain amount of time in each day and you can spend it training. You can spend it working to make money in this. I think you can spend it training. You can spend it doing relationship stuff like building relationships. Um, you can spend it doing recreational stuff and you have to balance that to keep your mood up, to keep your training levels up and that sort of thing. Okay. Okay. Um, question. Hmm. Can um you get sponsorships in in this game? Like I, I'm when I when I say sponsors sponsorships, I'm not talking about like external sponsorships. I'm talking about like the art teacher really really likes what you're doing. <laughs> so so she's like, if if you um if you know you you rocket past and and you happen to be wearing one of my shirts that has all my paint stuff on. You know, I'll- You'll get an A in my class. You'll, you'll get an A in my class. And you, like, and it's yeah, this I, sort of thing of- you I definitely have- like that idea of, again, it's, uh, it's all about just balancing the different things. So, one of the things you have to balance is keeping your grades up as well, right? And so, you may need to spend a certain amount of time each day studying or each week um, to make sure that your grades stay at a certain level. Or, yes, you can maybe take deals like this through the relationship stuff and the conversation stuff where it's like, oh, I know that, yeah, like the art teacher or, or, or like the PE teacher has uh, a betting ring going on. And so, I could, uh, I could take a fault, like I could come second instead of first in this race and he's going to- you know, give give me a higher grade uh, because I, I did, you know, did him a solid. 
<laughs> for some reason, I don't want it to be the PE teacher. I want it to be the principal. And the principal's <laughs> actually about to lose his house and all this sort of stuff. So, oh, God. You know, yeah. things things are really bad. Like, he's, he's, like, he's desperate. Yeah. And then you can well, have- okay, even better, though, even better, then, play that off against each other. The principal needs you to win because he's put a big bet on you. The PE teacher, who's kind of slimy and slightly dodgier, needs you to take a dive <laughs> because, like, he's- I don't know. I don't know betting terms, but whatever. Like, he needs you to take a dive. He's going to pay- He's going to pay you out. Like, it's going to mean that, li- like, literally you don't have to go to his class for the rest of the year. Like, it's some big reward for you, but it's going to fuck the principal over who is more- This is like- why I kind of don't want it to be PE, because PE- You'd want to go as a runner because it's more about the cardio so, yeah. and stuff. Well, maybe it's so maths English or maths or yeah. history. It's, yes, it's got to be yeah. the history teacher. You know, sure. it's got to be the history teacher because you know no one cares about history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, it's the history teacher. Uh, but yes, I like I like that decision then of oh, you can do what's right for you and but or, or it might have been like. Again, it might be even the opposite of that, where each side is morally grey. So, the principal actually needs you to come second <laughs> or something, right? Like, they need you to, to, to or come last or whatever it is that's going to mess you up in certain other ways. But then, if you come first to this particular race, then the history teacher, you know, will will give you A's for the rest of the term. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those sorts of decisions coming into play, I feel like- you know, make that really interesting. So, again, I come back to, do you have control over the the running a la uh, an endless runner sort of thing? Or is it just that part plays out automatically? I, I kind of like the idea that that part plays it out in in that Punch Club way, where it's based around- So, in again, in Punch Club, what happens is when the day cl- clocks over, you actually lose a certain amount of your levels for your different- Like, I think you've got, like, strength, agility, and stamina or something. Um, they'll drop down a certain amount. So, every day, you kind of have to keep up that training. Uh, that can be a little punishing, but something similar to that where it's about, okay, what's your sort of current level of, of training? And then, before each race- you essentially say, oh, okay, and I'm going to use these abilities in this race. Um, and so, some of them might be like getting a quick head start. But then if your stamina is not up that great, like you might not be able to sustain that. Um, or you could even have some dirty moves or whatever, where it's like, if someone comes close to you, you know, while, like and runs alongside you, then you can trip them over or something, right? Like you can have some some different things. And then, and then again, that can play into the kind of morality of the actual story and relationship-based stuff of if you choose to use dirty moves um, within the races. But yes, I think essentially you, it's like, okay, race time is here. So, I've got X amount of time to decide if I'm training, if I'm studying, if I'm doing recreational stuff to change your stats enough before that race. And then, and for this race, I'm going to use, you know, my long distance runner thing, which means that my stamina will go down more slowly and, um, you know, my whatever dirty kick move. Uh, And then you would just watch it. So I, I can, I can see that in this, like, unlike what I'm gathering is punch club every day, there's a fight. Uh, it's every few days and there's different, like you've got your sort of, you've got your main fights and then you've got your street fights that you can do and different stuff. So, yeah. I think you've got like a calendar that actually says race meet coming up on Friday evening. 
Yep. You know, and then there's a fun run on, on a Sunday. And yep. then there's a street race, which is yep. actually just you and your friends out in the street racing on like every now and again on, on a Wednesday. Yep. And it's like, you've got these things in the calendar coming up. So it's like, do I get the, do I get the homework done now? And then I can carb load before, <laughs> yes. before, you know, mum's, uh, mum's making pasta on this night. What if I get her to move it to this <laughs> night instead? Like, I like that one of the abilities is convincing your mum to pre-plan meals and then you get on the calendar what you're eating each night. <laughs> Or at least, or like, get some control over the over the calendar for when, yeah, you carb load versus, you know, whatever but else. I, I'm, I'm just imagining that mum had a hard day at work. She doesn't want to make dinner when she gets home, so she's got takeaway. Yep. It's like, and oh, fuck, it's going to screw up. Yeah. So the, I, the idea that you're expecting pasta, but it's that risk reward of yeah, mum was too busy at work because her boss has actually been betting on these things as well <laughs> because you made a um a move for the principal you know you he actually was betting you know that you would win and you know mm. you you took a dive for the principal or whatever and that can play out in other ways like it can actually yeah i like that having that ef- that knock on effect of, of you don't yeah. know where where this effect is going to come back and yeah. hurt you yeah but whatever you, whatever you choose good or bad good choices can still come back to hurt you yeah, absolutely. I, I like that idea of, of kind of having different story threads with branching sort of, mm. uh, options that yes, will, will just come up in different ways. It's, it's not even necessarily clear that one thing has directly led to another. You'll just, you'll sort of see the results of certain decisions because of how that plays out. Um, yeah, that's, that's cool. And then, yeah, I think you have like teen relationship stuff in there too. So, you know, it can be, beneficial to the relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend uh if you blow off practice and spend time with them making out or whatever <laughs> um but obviously that's whatever affect- those teenagers get up to i don't want to know i'm gonna have we, too many are- i'm gonna have too many of them soon <laughs> we are so far gone from from teenagers yes i was thinking the <laughs> other day i'm like it doesn't feel like high school was that long ago and then i realize oh no it was mm-hmm. 23 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> yes, we're further away from high school, like, from when we graduated high school now than when we were born. Yes. So. And we have been for a few years, and that's yes. just scary. Because for all those people out there who are maybe, you know, just coming into their 20s or they're, they're just going to their 30s and they think, when do I become an adult? Well, guess what? You, you kind of always think the same. It doesn't happen. At least for us millennials, I don't know. I think there is something about our generation that uh, uh, has prevented. I'm, I'm the same some person of the more that I was adulthoods. I'm the same person that I was at, at 18. I just know a lot more, and I heard a lot more. I know Gen Xers do feel a bit of that too. So, well, technically, I am Gen X. Like I'm, I'm on that cusp. Yeah, I know. I prefer to call us elder millennials, but anyway. <laughs> All right, old Daniels, old Daniels, yeah, three, two, one, Kalik, lean fairness, fifth collective. It was like when we get a number. I feel yeah. like we always come up with some interesting group of people who are. 
I, I'm, I'm seeing it from, weird. like, as soon as I saw fifth, I'm like, fifth element. You know, something- Around the elements, around something that there's traditionally four of, and this is the fifth. Yeah. What else the is there traditionally four of? The fifth horse? Cardinal one? directions. This is the fifth, the fifth cardinal direction. The fifth direction. <laughs> Where does it sit? It's up. up. <laughs> We're going west. <laughs> We're going whop. It's west and up. We're going nup. Northwest up. <laughs> no, we're going sup. Sup. <laughs> and then someone goes, what about down? Isn't down direction? It's like, you can't go down. We're already six, on the ground. You can't have six directions. How can you go down? You're, you're already down. You can only go up. And then you can go negative up. <laughs> <laughs> like, when, when you go up- But and that, you- does that make south negative north? <laughs> um, no, direct. I think directions is too weird. What else is there four of that we could add a fifth, um, an unknown fifth to that hasn't been done before? The four. It's the fifth horseman of the apocalypse. Yeah, that's what I said earlier. You missed it. Oh, um, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, yes. 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 The fifth horseman is cool. What would the fifth horseman of the apocalypse be? Although I think isn't, I feel like, because what is it? War, famine, pestilence, and death? Yeah. Right. It's um, uh, TikTok. <laughs> TikTok is the fifth horseman of the apocalypse. With the other, with the other four being um, Facebook, Google, Amazon, and Apple. I, I think that's a joke that we've done before. <laughs> <laughs> the, the four social horsemen of the of apocalypse. The, of the- <laughs> yeah. Well, that actually kind of goes into, you know, American gods. Um, mm, that's true. It's actually kind of cool. Like, uh, the TV series of that, um, I've certainly enjoyed the first season. I haven't watched the second. Uh, neither have I. I've watched, I think I've watched most of the first. Um, but I'm, have- I'm a big Neil Gaiman fan. Yeah, so. <laughs> I like Neil Gaiman. And, and definitely that idea of sort of the new gods from- Yeah. New gods versus know, the old gods. And so you got, you know- you mean yeah, and all this sort of stuff. So, is this about- Is this the fifth horseman trying to join then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, obviously they've got the little collective of four, four horsemen, but, you know, there's- The struggles of the fifth horseman trying to join that clique, you know, but they've they've decided- who, Whoever's they- decided, Satan has decided that then just- We just can't get enough done with only four. Well, well maybe they, they go- there's so many different ways. Like, yeah, war is out there and famine and pestilence and, and just typically death. But, you know, what if we brought something, something new to the, to the collective? Something what new if, and fresh. You know, Basically, Satan's brought in a consultant who's trying to make their mark. And they're like, so, yeah, we need to, we need, really need to shake things up. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm picturing that. <laughs> this is almost like a, an American Idol sort of competition thing where, <laughs> where the, all these different people are coming in to, to join the collective, um, a la, you know, your, your, um, NXS or, or whatever, you know, where they wanted to get the new member. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can sort of see that. You know, I you're- fucking love the idea of the four other horsemen sitting there as judges. Yep. Uh, and, and people going, <laughs> 
people coming in, demons or whatever, coming in to like, you know, hey, I'm the demon of social media and here's why I should be the fifth horseman. Uh, um, and I think your character <laughs> is just a girl named Claire. She's, okay. She's come in off the street, you know, she's kind of, <laughs> she thought she, she saw she a whole heap of people. She thought she was trying out for America. Pe- people, people lining up, like, and she thought, oh, this, this must be where the idol tryouts are. But it's like, you know, she, she went down the wrong corridor and she, she got into a line with all these other, like, demons that are in human form. And then when they get on stage, they sort of release, release their human form and, you know. <laughs> Um, say, say what they want, they want to bring to it. And she kind of brings, you know, pop music or something like that. And it's like, ooh, you know, the, the demons like, are thinking. Ooh, this makes, this makes young girls feel bad about themselves. It makes young men behave in horrible ways. This is this perfect. Is, this is perfect. You're hot. <laughs> or something so, like that. Before that, though, I love, I love the idea of the scene of she's what she's seen from the sidelines, from the wings. Loved She's seen from the wings <laughs> that these, these humans, what she thought were humans, tear their skin off and turn into these big demons. Uh, and she's sort of had a few moments to process it. And then, but then she gets pushed out onto stage and everyone's expecting her to, to tear her skin off. And she maybe just like, goes, she just pull, pulls the guitar out and goes. <laughs> You know, start, start strumming esque song. <laughs> yeah, just this. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh this you know, is all new. these other people have got, you know, drugs and, um, you know, addiction and, addiction and, yeah, well, and media and like that guy Simon before with his social media stuff. Oh my God. You know, that was, that was horrible stuff, but this is, this is new. This is, this is diabolical. And, and you're saying that all the humans like, Fall for this shit? <laughs> Wait, hey, hey, something's happening. I can't get the song out of my head. It's driving me insane. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> That's um, actually the whole thing. It's not even that it's 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 inherently bad. It's just it gets stuck in people's heads and drives them crazy. It, it's it's literally that's the prologue to the to the whole thing. And now it's now it's all about. You know, her first year as, as like a new member of this group that, you know, they- Yeah. So, so actually maybe it's not the horsemen themselves who were judging because I feel like it's better if they don't want her there. They don't mm. think like, cause they're taking it as a slight on them that they're not doing a good enough job. They had yeah. to bring in someone new. And so they're trying to make it really hard for her to, I'm almost picturing now like a legally blonde situation. Where yep. they're really trying to phase her and she's just sort of killing it, literally but sometimes. She, it, it, it turns out that she she's actually really, really good at this. Like, she was struggling as a musician. Yeah. But now is able to sort of become a muse for these for these different pop pop <laughs> groups out there. Mm. And she's just got a knack for- <laughs> Actually, for- I like that as, like, an allegory for- or, or just a take on- there's there's often that sort of thing of like oh you're a good songwriter but like you're not a great performer or whatever and you end up you know writing songs for other people but it's not it's not what they you hoped for because you don't get the same fame and whatever there's sort of almost a bit of that where it's like yep. oh actually she wanted to be famous you know she wanted to be on fucking American Idol or whatever and become famous but now her music is sort of reaching so much further than it could have but without her being known for it yeah. And, and with, with sort of, of bad uh, connotations as well, because um, 
<laughs> I'm almost picturing that that like where it starts off is is like those horrible you know song factories like mm. where Rebecca Rebecca Black's Friday came from and all that sort of stuff where Friday it's just these rich Friday. it's these rich parents who you know pay this pay this song factory mm -hmm. you know thousands upon thousands of dollars to try and make their children you know uh viral star and because of the way that social media works and all that sort of stuff like do you do you think it's one of these things where she's sort of in it for the money and she realizes that you know she she was a struggling like maybe the the prologue is her struggling like you know in a rundown apartment and all this sort of stuff mm. and then she gets her big break and then she realizes that maybe she does need to make it on her own and break away from this well, horribleness that it's sort of like- I don't know. I kind of I kind of think the arc works better if she- If it's about her having to prove herself to the other horsemen and that at the end- And then by the end they accept her and like she's now the fully fledged fifth horseman and they go off fucking riding across the earth together. Um, but actually what I was thinking is- during that period of her having to prove herself. And at that point, they're sort of, they're trying to cut her out. They're like sabotaging her. You know, they don't want her to succeed. But the other failed horsemen who were auditioning, like she buddies up with a few of them and she's sort of got her little group of people and they're all helping each other. Except for the guy, Simon, he's just- like, Well, no, but- uh, uh, He's the terrible. Thing is, uh, the thing is, I was going to say though, that social media itself could like- she utilizes that then. That's right. Simon get- was social media. God damn it. Why did I say social media? <laughs> <Simon>? <laughs> she kind of has to team up with him. He's, he's yeah. like the slimy guy that you, you don't want to be involved, but no, I've, I've, I locked us into yeah. this. He basically into this just narrative. looks like Mark Zuckerberg. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, she teams up with them. She finds the other, I don't know, some other appropriate potential horseman to be, uh, Harbingers, harbingers who, who help her to, um, you know, you've got like, there's this, there's one that's just like really sweet and lovely and they're the, you know, the horsemen of tooth decay or something. Like it's because they just try to give everyone sweets <laughs> or of, of you it's know, just overeating a dentist. or something. <laughs> it's, it's a bad dentist. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking dentist. No, I don't think we should go to the dentist. No, I was picturing almost like, you know, one of those overly sweet older women who is always trying to hand out candy. Yeah. Would you like a Werther's original? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. All the Werther's originals you can eat. <laughs> the candy man can. <laughs> she's, she's singing on stage. Who can make a front rise? <laughs> she still sings, Sprinkle even though it's not a singing competition. <laughs> Her name's Candy. The Candy Ma'am can- The that's Candy right. Ma'am? I- no, that's- I, I changed it. <laughs> <laughs> I changed it. Did you get that? Did you see what I did there? <laughs> So is this is this like a point and click adventure or something? Like where's the? Because it feels very, I don't very say like narrative gameplay. Like, you know mechanics in there particularly. Yeah, I, I can I kind of see it as like a um a wacky sort of Sam and Max or yeah yeah some some sort of some sort of uh, very light um, adventure game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the the kind of the the variety of characters the 
you know, you've even got the, the you could figure out the the quest structure of you know the the horseman sending her out on particular errands or whatever, you know, initially to get her out of the way, and then you know maybe they <laughs> begrudgingly let her in and to do something real that she has to prove herself and, and getting getting help from her from her buddies the whole time. I, I'm picturing you know they they offer to you know as, as sort of like a a welcoming thing they offer to take her to dinner and. Um, you know, so that's all, all five of them sitting around the table and, you know, she's at the head of the table and all this sort of stuff. And they say, just, just after dinner, they say, you know, stay here. We've got a big surprise for you. And they walk off and, and in comes like some waiters with a cake and it's, and it's like, and then they hand her the bill. And like, you know, it's, it's one well, of those- Well, I like the idea that they bring out a cake. And it, and and like it says- Take the lid off and it's Thanks got- Thanks for the it's meal. Got, yeah, it's got candles all over it, like sparklers. And it's like, yeah, you, you thanks for paying. Thanks for the meal and here's the bill. And it's like, oh my God. The bill's it's- literally print, like the bill is on the cake in icing. Yeah. That's what the decoration is on the cake. <laughs> it's got the big um, turtle it's, down it's- the bottom. It's those typical like nineties esque pranks that you'd expect in a like a Disney film or something yeah, like well, that. Yeah, well, and it's very much you know, sh- well, and just those sort of corporate com- corporate comedies in a way. Like she's coming into the boys' club, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's these horsemen, and I like you know maybe <laughs> continuing with the with the sort of trope that death doesn't speak. Um, but you know, he's just he always is sneakily giving her the finger with his bony finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you'll just you'll just look over to death, and he's he'll just- reach into his cloak and pull out a finger. <laughs> out a finger. Yeah, he's constantly doing all those little like middle finger, like you know, winding, winding it, it up, up and, yeah, and blowing <laughs> blowing it up, knocking down the other four, <laughs> just chopping them off. <laughs> yeah, like literally pulling off his fingers. Because they're just bony. <laughs> Pestilence is just like constantly making her food rot in front of her as she during the meal as she eats. <laughs> Famine is just sitting there hungry. <laughs> Famine didn't want to come at all. It's like this is against this is against everything I believe in. Eating. Uh, I love that. I love switching up that like basically making it. Yeah, it's like corporate comedy. But the yep. four horsemen, and like she goes home to her rundown apartment, and you know, like she gets up the next morning, and you know, walks through a portal to a, a portal to hell to a palatial to, mansion <laughs> to, to to like get her you know assignments and report with the other horsemen to whoever their boss is. For yeah. some reason, I, I see her sort of waking up, and out of the closet, like a like a, a butler sort of thing, just come comes into 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 a room and, you know, sort of says, uh, here's your schedule for the day, mum, and uh, when you're ready, just come through the closet door. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, or well, she's got, like, or, or either that or, like, a, she's been assigned a personal assistant, so it's sort of one of those, like, harrowed, constantly flustered, uh, but, like, it's a little demon or something, like it's a tiny two-foot-tall demon that comes yeah, in. Yeah, an and, imp or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like it's a little just- imp. It's like, I remember, they're waiting for you. You're, you're actually running late. Here's your schedule for the day. Don't look at death the wrong way. He's really in a bad mood. I, I'm, just, I'm now picturing that, you know, you sort of see, uh, you, you're hearing the, the buzzing of the alarm clock and she, you know, you see in her eyes just open and things come into focus. And yeah. you see like a shape next to her alarm clock that she hits first and goes, <laughs> ow! <laughs> 
But the noise stops because it was the imp making the noise anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. I didn't know how to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, man. I just, I'm a bit flustered. Death looked at me this morning and put out his hand, and somehow all five of his fingers were middle fingers. I don't even know how he did it. <laughs> but anyway, we better, we better get to work. <laughs> and three, two, one, click. <laughs> that was great. Oh, boy. Then just flipped me off five times. Five times with one hand. Brute Skeleton. Unfamiliar Musical. Oh, okay. Musicals are so hard to do in games, but- They are, but I'm sort of- uh, I'm sort of seeing this as- Because it's unfamiliar, I kind of think this is a lost musical. Mm -hmm. And that this skeleton is, is, you know, maybe found underneath this- um, yeah, I was going to say, is it like the, or the like remains that. of some famous playwright? And his unfinished business is his unfamiliar mu- musical. It's, you know- And it's called Unfinished Business. Mm, yes. And it's actually about a a soul that has unfinished business and has to go- Yeah, it's a horror. It's like a horror musical or like a- Not necessarily horror, but a paranormal musical. Yeah. So, I'm kind of thinking that this is, you know, art imitating life. Well, art art imitating afterlife. (laughs) Oh, that's the tagline (laughs) of the the game or of the musical in the game. I'm not sure because they're imitating each other. Uh, Yeah, no, I I like that idea where essentially you're seeing the- um, Well, so- does this playwright come back as a ghost in some way, or is it more about people then interpreting his work? And I like the, that I like the idea sort that, of like his unfinished business. If I like he the were idea that when they when they find the skeleton, like I know I, I'm sort of seeing it that you play like the janitor that mm. um, as he's down like mopping the floor or something like that, he he goes back with his mop and um, actually knocks a brick out of like. Out of the wall, yeah. and then notices that you know this whole thing um, is actually it's a fake wall that was put up, and yeah. so he pulls it down. And he's the only one who can actually talk to this like skeleton ghost. Like we, he finds okay. the skeleton there, and and sort of uh, the the ghost of this playwright gets imprinted on him, but he's the only one who can actually um, mm. who can actually interact. And so therefore, the- you know, your skeleton can almost become like a. Um, a Monkey Island Three Murray sort of character mm. that you see, sort of like uh, they're doing they're doing a um a Hamlet, and you got Yorick, and that the head is actually the real skeleton or the skeleton of of this playwright all right, all that's right. talking okay. to him and stuff. So, so there are two ways I can see this going, and I think I'll go towards your way because from a game point of view, it's a bit more fun. But from a overall like writing point of view, I mm-hmm. feel like there's something so powerful about a story. And this would actually be, this is the reason I probably won't go. This is it'd probably work better as like a movie script or something okay. where the, the work, like essentially the ghost in the script is playing the part of the ghost of this playwright and sort of saying the things that you might imagine if his ghost were actually there, he would say, yeah. but that, it, that there's actually nothing paranormal happening. It's more just about, Oh, they discover this old playwright's work and you have, you know, some, some, some enthusiastic you know, actors who who are putting who are trying to decipher it or who are trying to put it on and understanding more about the life of this playwright and bringing that. Like, I feel like you could really write something moving and interesting there 
um, in, in like a screenplay format. But yes, I think from the point of view of a game, having- I wonder then if this janitor has- uh, the like wants to be an actor, and through the skeleton, through the the ghost, essentially, uh, gets starts getting mentored. Basically, like this ghost yep. starts mentoring him and helping him act and sing. And but but yeah, like <laughs> for, a while, can, can, for of- a while he can only do Hamlet because it's the only thing he can carry a skull around all the time and do. Like you've got some weird wacky things like that. Yeah, and it's kind of like um, <laughs> thinking back to like. Uh, typical LucasArts, um, you know, the Indiana Jones films of uh, the Indiana Jones games, where it's like, I'm selling these fine leather jackets. You know, yeah. he keeps on, they keep on coming back to the, back to the line, except in this case, it would be, wherefore art thou yore? <laughs> like, yeah, he's just, know. he's constantly having to pretend that he's practicing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> practicing lines. Uh, um, okay. So is inside, inside of this, um, like wall cavity. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a playbook that when you open it up, you can see that there's pages that have been torn out. Okay, yep. So they've been hastily torn out, and as you go, you find out that the the current musical that is that is like currently being rehearsed oh, to open up in like a couple rip- of weeks is actually um is actually this this playwright <laughs> stuff, but his name is not it anywhere. Yeah. And it's been and changed so- or something. Like, it's been changed somewhat. You know, the melodies are there and or some of the- You know, and, and this this playwright, this skeleton is, is completely incensed that his work has been, you know- Ripped off and he's not even- Like, he's been forgotten worse, like he considers in it- In death. That, you, you know, know, that they've they've ruined it. So, it- I think the person that, that murdered him is the person who's, you know, now either financing this thing- you know, it's been All a right, number so of years since. If it's a skeleton, there's been a number of years since. So then, do we think is this still the skeleton of someone who was famous, or is it the skeleton of someone who was unknown? And it turns out that the famous writer who is now putting on this play and who has been famous for the last I like 30, that a bit thirty years is actually who murdered him and has been- Maybe he's been, like, putting little bits and pieces of this into all of his shows and that's kind of what makes them- Or like, they were just being- snippets of other other things that um, this guy that had this guy just for ideas and the yeah. ideas were so great and with a couple of key lines that that's what kind of yeah. won everyone over. Yeah. And it's- um, This final thing that they're putting on is, is like, the magnum opus sort of yes. thing of this playwright. Yeah. It's his life's work. It's his, yeah, his, his, the thing he finally, or he was trying to finish. Maybe it's unfinished. Yeah. And so maybe that's how it can be resolved in some way because through this janitor, he can finish it. He can finish it and get his name on, yeah, on the light, you know, on in lights and, and sort of, well, maybe you can go to two different ways. Like I'm sort of torn between, do you want to discredit this guy who's been, you know, the talk of the town for the last 30 years mm. because or that's wanna, actually, or do you want to bring him around? I mean, I kind of see this as a, um, as a, you know, Bob Kane, Bill Finger thing with uh batman i don't know whether you whether oh. you know that like uh with batman bob kane yes he wrote some of the stuff but a lot of a lot of the key things about batman was actually written by bill finger and then for many years like in fact until only recently did no one actually knew because right. everyone just knew that batman was created by bob kane right um but in reality there was so many key things that that were attributed to to yeah. bill finger that nowadays um, anything to do with Batman, he gets mm. you know, uh, finally on, on the on the list. <laughs> I think I think this works better if 
the villain is a villain. Like if you essentially see them taken down, arrested for the mur- for their murder, discredited yep. as you know having having plagiarized a lot of work, and then yep. and then it's this janitor then who kind of manages to prove. By having these manuscript pages and finding the other ones that that the villain has, uh, I'm, I'm uh, just picturing that that whole matching up against the you know the, the way the paper was torn oh, yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Like, yeah, something- yeah, we'll put in a we'll put in an annoying like puzzle mini game like in the dig that's just like <laughs> really frustrating. It's a jigsaw putting- puzzle with having to put putting like- together pages. <laughs> You got thirteen different manuscript pages that you got to sort of line all all the pages up yeah, and make some sure of them that have it holes in all them, makes so sense. You, it, yeah. and it's really hard to tell if if it's coming through from the page underneath or not. Yeah, it's just really badly designed. Uh, but you know that that sounds perfect. Like, yeah, every every adventure game needs one. Yeah, it's the turtle puzzle. That's that's actually what yeah. we call it. Its name is the turtle puzzle. That's <laughs> the whole game. Oh, no, yeah. no, the, the name of this <laughs> the name of this puzzle. Um, in the back end, like why is it why is it designed so Badly, it's the turtle puzzle, and you need to actually put a bomb into it. It's an homage. Um, it's an homage. Yeah, yeah. A direct ripoff. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's that's look, again. We've, I I, I want to do one more. Let's make it a quick one. All right, one Ooh. quickie. Ooh, motive basement stereo take. Ooh. Okay. Basement, so, stereo. I can sort of see that this is set in like the seventies. Mm-hmm. It's got that sort of. Um, now, take could be someone stealing a stereo, or it could also be a take as in, like, a recording, like, yeah. take one, take two. So, maybe this is around, yeah, like, a recording artist or recording studio in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, like, a, like a yeah, like a basement yeah. recording studio where they're, they've yeah. set up their basement as a, yeah. As a yeah, it's, it's sort of like a garage recording thing. Yeah. You know, er, early reel-to-reel tapes, I'm thinking, all this sort of stuff. Mm. Now- Motive sort of says to me that during one of these one of these takes, there was actually some sort of crime committed, and it's oh, of, they got it, it on tape. They got it on tape. Oh, okay. Is this a game of like deciphering and matching up and like going through audio and stuff, like a bit like a uh, her story or something like that, where it's sort of yeah using using these audio tracks. Finding, you know, maybe you can have some exploratory bits where it's like finding these, you know, big, like you said, like big reels of of audio tape or whatever, um, and and discovering new ones and, and new things that lead up to it. Because I think you have to be involved in some way. I think maybe yeah. it involves I, the people that you were recording, or I think what what this could be is that you 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 are a big fan of this band, this band that mm. has become big. So you've bought a collection of old, like bootleg record, or not bootleg recordings, but oh. garage recordings from their early, early, early years. Yeah. And as you're going through it, and you, you're finding some gems, but then you hear something like a conversation that you weren't supposed to hear, sort of thing that hadn't no been recorded. One, no one's thing. ever and, discovered on these because they're- and and it's sort of they're talking about stuff that is you know either kind of shocking or something like that. Like we we, we could come up with some sort of thing mm. whether there's i don't know whether the crime is necessarily caught on the tape or whether it's them talking about it that is and you sort of having to go through the different tapes and sort of put them in order to try and work out you know yeah, during the recording like this that. early garage tape essentially pulling to pulling together the uh the different recordings i wonder though if like as you move on do you 
how do you get new recordings? Uh, is there moments of like, oh, you have a conversation, like you're having conversations with people. I was going to say online, but I was saying this in the 70s. Yeah. Um, well, you, you, can be, you can be doing it now, like digitally machine. and that sort of stuff. It's that you're listening to recordings from the 70s or whatever on real to real tape. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Okay. Because um, I'm thinking I- then like- Order like going through the fan forums and like someone else has got you know two more of this of the reels from this this time and you yeah. have to like find the money to to pay them to get them shipped over and then now you've got some more stuff and then maybe you go to, eventually you go to the police or something and like they're giving you things to to compare or to look at or analyze. But I'm thinking that I don't know why it's come into my head. Um, I kind of like the idea that, you know, this, the motive got me to the idea of there's something on these recordings. Yeah. Whether it's a crime or whether this is actually a deal with the devil, because I'm kind of feeling that this is almost like a Faustian sort of thing that- Okay. Oh, early like recordings they- is are like terrible. And then right. it's after this one event that all of a sudden it's good stuff. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like they went from this terrible, like out of tune sort of band to instantly- like really good, and to you- pick a destiny situation. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's- yeah, that's cool. I like that because then I feel like it's uh, it's around nailing down the timeline of like, okay, when's the first recording with our good, you know, yeah. a, a sort of thing, um, and, and and figuring that out, and you know, you'll have broad strokes because you can know, okay, well, I know we have an EP that's terrible from you know 1976, but then in in May 1979 they released their first album, which you know hit the charts or whatever and was amazing. So. Okay, that's our yeah. that's our period of when this happened. I've got tapes from you know scattered across those three years, and it's and it's finding the right bits, and then sourcing sourcing other ones, other to ones fill in the and gaps, and yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And you could you could have so much fun with like the lore and and you know them sort of being stupid in the background. You know, they're yeah. they're sort of mucking around and just playing horrible, horrible stuff. And it's sort of like you're only getting like the ends of takes or something like that. You don't wanna you don't want to have it that you know well, you don't want to you don't want the hard player, to listen to. Yeah, you don't and you don't yeah, you don't want the player having to go through, you know, ten minutes of, of audio just to get one little snippet. Yeah, it's definitely these little bits and pieces. But I think you give the player simplified A little bit of agency to, to well, choose. Yeah, I- yeah, and I think you give them tools of, like, simplified things of, like, oh, like, you can pull out the noise or you can amplify the, you know, the particular frequencies or whatever to- so they feel like they're revealing what, this stuff. Okay, one tape that you get is literally they they left, a, they left the reel-to-reel tape recording and they went out to lunch. Yeah. But if you amplify that, you hear whispering and stuff in the background. Yeah. And yeah, it's, for sure. it's otherworldly voices and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, maybe there's some backwards masking or something like that that mm. you can reverse it. And it's, oh, yeah, it's you sort of like. There would definitely be a good moment in the game for the player to figure out, wait a sec, that sounds a bit weird. Let me reverse this and then have it be clear. Yeah, that that's a cool moment for that to happen. Um, I mean, you could even have, you know, conversations that- um, you remember, like, there was a key conversation that happened in some other tape that, you know, this conversation is actually a backwards masked version of parts of that conversation. Mm. It's like, okay, if I go into there and, and lift up some of the, some of the silent part of the audio, you actually hear, like, another voice now talking 
talking back and almost having a, se- a second conversation I definitely, that you well, didn't realise was happening. I definitely like the idea of finding, tracking down other sources of the same conversations. So, yes, initially you have like one side of a conversation and you, you it just wasn't close enough to the other person or, or whatever, or it's a phone conversation or something, but you get like the recording from their answering machine, which happened to be recorded or whatever, right? Like yeah. it, it's an actual recording of the- um, of the phone call, or it's like someone's personal recorder that was, you know, also used at the time. Their manager took personal recordings because he was paranoid and he thought, whatever, like you find yeah. ways for there to be other recordings. And then, yeah, you're like matching those up and finally having that reveal moment of, oh, he's both sides of the conversation and, oh, actually they're talking to, you know, a demon or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, cool. I know. I, I, I love that idea of the, the Faust pact, you know, the, um, yeah. You, you've heard of the story of Faust. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's actually a, a movie from the 70s uh, that mum, she's got the record of and all that sort of stuff called Phantom of the Paradise. It's mm-hmm. got um, it's got no one who'd actually recognise, but uh, it's really fucked up. Like, the, the, the sort of- it's a musical. It's, it's, it's about this guy who sort of writes this thing about Faust- Mm. And it turns out that, um, you know, he kind of gets uh, all his shit stolen by this producer. And then the producer then brings in some other people to 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 basically film his stuff mm. and put it on stage and all this sort of stuff and totally ruin it. And so, he becomes like the phantom who, who sort of is trying to, trying to stop all this stuff happening. So, Phantom of the Paradise. Directed by Brian De Palma, uh, Paul Williams. Mm, um, okay. He one song that you'd know that he wrote, "Rainbow Connection." <laughs> so <laughs> he he's written some you know pretty high quality songs. You know, yeah. A, um, but yeah, that was that was from the nineteen seventies, and it's got some really good parts in it. It's got some fucked up parts as well, like a typical uh, around the time of the Rocky Horror Picture Show and all mm. that sort of stuff. So uh, you you get the feeling of of the era, um, yeah. But a, a, a nice little spin on. The um the Phantom of the Opera to to be oh and and Paul Williams's character is actually uh, has signed a deal with the devil and that's why he's so young and all this sort of stuff. Well, right. well although Paul Williams is is not young in it, but <laughs> he's had all his um all his fame because he signed a deal with the devil. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, I like that as a setting. Um. And yeah, I, I like having to like. I think you do do some stuff digitally in the game, but then. You have to like buy some older technology because you can't, you know, you, you, you end up filling your basement, your own basement yeah. with, with all this old seventies technology. So you can read these different types of tapes and, and different yeah. things and transfer them on. And yeah. Oh, you could, you could do so much, so much stuff. It's, um, so like it almost becomes, you know, your obsession mm. to, and you end up spending all your money on it so you can actually have like this this story going on in the background that you're sort of neglecting your family and, yeah. and spending all your money on this and give give the player a black mirror moment where you see your own character's reflection after yeah. you've like gone down this rabbit hole and- gone down this rabbit hole and you have to realize you know what you actually look like disheveled and unwashed yes yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Okay, I think I think that brings us to the end uh, of so- this hyper extended episode because the recording definitely didn't happen in one day. 
<laughs> yeah, you, I'm sure, listener, that you didn't notice because we did such a smooth transition, but the power went out halfway through recording this and we had to finish it on another day, but we got there in the end. Let us so, know on social media where the cut happened. Yeah, go talk to Simon, the horseman of social media. <laughs> anyway, if you would like to find us online, listen to all of our previous episodes, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you like the song at the start and end of each episode, go check it out on that Kuridas band camp site. Uh, the song is Mount Defiance and it's on our it's on our album Containment Failure. That's right. I said our because we're part of Kuridas. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I am the horseman of podcasts, bringing you doom and entertainment. And I, I'm the, I'm the, I'm planning to be the horseman of drugs because drugs are cool. <laughs> <laughs> they take over your life. It's fun. Well, good day, mate. I want to be the the horseman of alcohol and and swearing and shit. I'm, <laughs> oi, I'm the horseman of fucking. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Once you get started, <laughs> once you pop, <laughs> you just you you, you have to stop for a few hours. It's called the refractory period. But then yeah, you but can't then stop. you get to go again. Yeah. Cool.